This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by Robert Stewart, as always. And the Arkansas Razorbacks are 3-1 and one after opening weekend. Had that loss on Sunday. Uh, was unfortunate, you know, but you can deal with it. And DVH put it best after Monday's game, which Arkansas won 4 nothing shut out. Colin Fisher, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to everything. Busy weekend, a huge show lined up. But DVH put it best, Robert. It's way better to be three and one than two and two. And, and and you know, I was talking, I was talking to Andrew Hutchinson before the game, and I was like, you know, this is actually a really, really, really big game for it being the fourth game of the season. Because you couldn't start two and two with two home losses to James Madison uh in February. That would not be ideal. Yeah, think about how bad it would have been if they got the the bump in the D1 baseball rankings as they did Monday morning to from three to two and then dropped a second straight game to JMU to fall to or to split that that opening series. You know, um, it was it was a little disappointing to to not come away with with that Sunday victory, as you said, uh, too many too many base running mistakes, runners left on base, things of that uh, nature. But you know what? Um, I was impressed with the pitching that day as I was honestly most of the rest of the weekend. So um, I, I would, I would give it a very, very solid review uh, as far as the opening series goes. Yes. Uh, so we're going to get to the entire opening weekend. We're going to break down everything as we always do here on the diamond hogs podcast, season four, first, uh, first series recap of season four. We're excited for it. So uh but yes, so you mentioned a successful opening weekend. So uh, on hogbeat.com, which is the website owned by myself, hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. That is the rival's website covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, I put up a story today, Monday. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, Dave Van Horn, takeaways from opening weekend. And I put successful opening weekend that's what it was and I feel like Dave Van Horn agrees for the most part you know there are things that you could pick apart but when you start three and one when you when you have the pitching that Arkansas had as you mentioned for the most part and we're going to get to Hagen Smith we're going to get to what happened on Sunday we're going to get to it but uh, for the most part yes successful weekend for Arkansas so uh, before we start breaking it down from Friday, I want to remind you about Bet Saracen, the mobile sports gambling app of the Saracen Casino Resort and the official mobile sports gambling partner of hogbeat.com. Download it today if you're in the state of Arkansas. Place your bets. They had the player props for Arkansas baseball all weekend long. You're not going to get those anywhere else. It's only on Bet Saracen. You can get the player props. They had Hudson White over half a hit and over half a run for, I think, three of the four games in it definitely hit in two games. I don't know. I don't know about the others, but you know, that was almost free money. So um, a lot of fun options that you can get. So you can only get that on bet Saracen. So download the app. If you're in the state of Arkansas, place your bets and uh, have a lot of fun, but gamble responsibly. So let's get to it, Robert. Um, do we just want to, let's just go to Friday, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's start with Friday. That's, that's an easy place to do it. Um, Hagen Smith. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Three three runs in the first inning. What did he throw? 42, 43 pitches? 42. Um, 42. Um, yeah, so that um, that obviously, I'm not sure how that doesn't catch your eye right off the bat. Uh, to, I think pretty sure it took him 22 pitches to record the first out. Um, ugly stat line, yeah. He didn't get hit hard, really. Um, he he just gave up that one home run to Trimble, and and as you guys know, in, in Fayetteville, it was very, very windy, and – you know, it didn't really look to everybody like it was going to be a home run off the bat, right? Um, just had a little push from the wind, and yeah, it was really just a lack of command. It looked like a lot of a lot of walks, um, and I don't think we'll see that much more again. So I wouldn't I wouldn't sweat too much about that one one showing. And by the way, what a job by Will McIntyre to uh, to to show up for his ace there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no the the home run from Trimble that you mentioned. Dave Van Horn also said like nobody thought that was getting out of the ballpark, and the wind just kept pushing it. Um, and, and you know, it, it it started. Let's see. So Smith, it was a walk, and then a hit by pitch, and then the home run. And I tweeted out like a disaster start, or yeah, disaster start for Arkansas because that's what it was. That's a disaster start when 
when you have a walk, a hit by pitch, and then you give up a three-run bomb with your ace on the mound and your season just began, that's a disaster start. I'm not saying that the game's over, but it was it was a disaster way to start the season. Yeah, um, we're we're talking about a start, not a game. So, um, <laughs> let's let's not let's not leap to conclusions before we've seen a single Razorback handle a bat, right? Yes, I wasn't saying the game was over. I was just saying, like, man, this is this is really bad. Um, shout out to Hagen Smith for for getting out of the inning without giving up any other. You know, he didn't give up anything else. Um, at least on the scoreboard for the rest of right. the and and he had a ground out and a couple of strikeouts. Like it it was it was tough to see him walk a second guy and and also hit the hit the one before he gave up the home run, right? But um, you know, he did what he needed to do to to settle down and get out of that inning, which you know, you gotta you gotta adjust when you're when you're out there playing baseball. And I would say he adjusted well enough to let his offense, you know, have a chance to get back in it. And surely enough, they did. Yes. Um Going back to my takeaways from the weekend from Dave Van Horn, um, here's what he had to say about Hagen Smith because big big game up up ahead for Hagen Smith in the Arkansas Razorbacks against Oregon State top ten matchup. It's it's going to be incredible. It is an absolute shame, and I'm gonna get really angry about this on Friday's episode. It's an absolute shame that this game is on Flow Sports. It should be illegal for this game to be on. Flow sports. I I'm shaking right now thinking about it. I'm going to save it for Friday. So tune in to Friday's episode. It's going to be an all time rant. It might it might pass the rant when Missouri swept Tennessee last year. <laughs> oh well, yeah, definitely tune in for that one then. Yeah, I, I can imagine Hutch is seething just as much as you are. Yeah, dude, we'll have to get Hutch on. Good point. Okay. Um. Anyways, back to Hagen Smith. This is what Dave Van Horn said. Uh, he said, my conversations with Hagen are, hey, look forward to watching you pitch Friday night. I ask him how his dog is doing. I don't talk about pitching with Hagen. Hagen knows how to pitch. He's fine. I'm not worried about it. So there you go. That, why would anybody be worried about it? I mean, like, you know, everybody overreacts to everything on social media. Don't be, I was about don't to say, you, you just said overreaction Monday, so here we are. Yeah, it is overreaction Monday. It was overreaction Friday for sure. But yes. Will McIntyre, the ultimate, you know, Will McIntyre relief appearance. I my the headline of my story was vintage McIntyre's vintage performance. You know, hey, do we, do we need to talk about um, us being a year early on the Golden Spikes campaign? Yeah, we were a year early because we we were talking we were talking about Arkansas maybe having three starters strike out a hundred batters this year. Will McIntyre might strike out 100 batters this year, dude. And, and Dave Van Horn said that McIntyre has basically told them, like, I want to pitch twice every weekend. As much as I can, I want to pitch twice a weekend. So, Lo and behold, that's what we saw. Yeah. Will McIntyre is such a weapon, such a weapon for Arkansas. Nine strikeouts on the weekend, two appearances on Friday and Monday, lights out in both of them. What were his, what were his numbers? Let's see. Uh, gave up one earned. Four hits, walked one, struck out nine, faced twenty-seven batters. That'll that's play. Pretty, that's pretty freaking good. So, uh, yeah, and and it was funny, like like people were or uh, people, the broadcasters were like, "Oh, this is interesting that they're bringing him back after throwing seventy pitches on uh, on Friday, right?" Well, he had two days off, and and also it reminded me of uh, the the twenty twenty-one regional, uh, like against Nebraska, right? that that four game or four day stretch in which cops through I don't know 14 innings 180 pitches something like that like you know these 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 veteran Arkansas pitchers they're they're capable of of throwing multiple times in a weekend right yeah and Cody Frank threw twice too so exactly um Stone Hewlett threw twice now Frank and Hewlett didn't have the volume that McIntyre had but right still uh, and also it was a four game series. So, you know, that, that also kind of needed to happen. So, but yes, Will McIntyre and then, you know, Gage Wood comes in and, uh, and finishes it out and, you know, Gage Wood looked really good. Two and a third scoreless struck out four ulti- the ultimate Gage Wood like that. That was the best Gage Wood. That was good Gage Wood. Good Gage. Good, it- good Wood. <laughs> it, it it was good good wood for sure. It was good uh, wood. 
couple of couple of ground outs and a pop out to go with those four strikeouts out of the seven outs he got. So um, very economical. And and the one base runner he gave up was an infield hit. Did it seem to you like there were a lot of infield hits for JMU this weekend? Yeah, I mean they're a small ball team for sure, for sure. They, I mean, a lot of bunts. Uh, yes, a lot of infield hits, not a ton of hits to the outfield. Um, yeah, they're they're a scrappy ball club. They'll win some games this year. I I think so. All right. We haven't even talked about the offense in in game one. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, like I said earlier, those those three three two spots um, to to start the to start the contest uh, in in the bottoms of the innings. Very very nice response. No panic in in the in going down three zero. Right. Um, Kendall Diggs getting it started with a one out double. And uh, how about Ben McLaughlin going the other way to drive in the first run? That was that was good to see, as Dave would say. Uh, Peyton Holt getting in on the RBI party. Uh, Jared Spraglot and Hudson White, first Razorback home runs in their in well, not White's first at bat, but very early on, both both went deep in the second, uh, and then making them pay for a couple of walks. Jack Wagner and Peyton Holt coming around in the third. Jared Spraglot. Picking up RBI number two and three. He had a very nice debut, Mason. Yeah, Spraglot. Um, you know, I'm I, I don't know, I can't remember which episode I mentioned it, but somebody told me that Arkansas has an infielder that might just be like really good and nobody's talking about it. And I, you know, had a hunch it was Jared Spraglot, and I think we saw that on Friday. Um, incredible fielder made really, really nice plays in the field, you know, not just Friday, but all weekend. Monday, he did have an error. So, you know, that happens. But uh, swung the bat well for the most part. Look, Monday was just a bad game for Je- for Jared Spraglot. So let's kind of, like, take that one out of the equation. But, yeah, Friday, great debut for sure. Two for two, drove in three, walked twice, and scored. So, yeah, really, really strong first showing for Spraglot. Um, like you said, not not uh, necessarily a game to remember on Monday, but – I, I will offer you this in in my uh, box score reviewing before we started here. Uh, the the common denominator in the three wins, Jared Spraglot started at third base in all of them. So take that for what you will. Okay. Um, okay. R- remind me who started. Holt started at third, and then they put uh, Sue second uh, on on Sunday. Okay, I remember. Okay, yeah. Uh, are we good on game one? Can we move on to game two? Yeah, I mean there was there was no offense after that. That was that was all it took was those those six runs in the in the first uh first three innings. Um not not really attractive baseball in the last five trips to the plate for the hogs. So yeah, let's move on. All right. So uh six four win for Arkansas in game one. Moving on to game two, 15 to five, run rule victory, walk off from Vaheva Aloy. His first hit as an Arkansas Razorback was a was a walk off in the eighth. Arkansas wins fifteen to five. You saw the offense on this day. Brady Tiger looked, you know, looked good in the start, and then Cody Frank came in after Parker Coyle kind of scares you for a little bit there. And Cody Frank was money, and and then they just raked there uh, between the fourth, fifth, and the sixth. Yeah, like you said, um, really, really good stuff from from Tigert and Frank. Um, no concerns about how they looked or their stat lines, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Parker Coyle's four runs, four earned, will will jump off the page at you a little bit. But you know, I didn't, I didn't really think he looked that bad. He wasn't, he wasn't giving up solid contact. You know, there were some choppers that got through. Um, what was the inning he pitched? The sixth. Yeah, I mean, they they all went to the outfield, but like. They they were they were weak contact all those singles so um, I I'm not ready to to sound the alarm on on Parker Coyle just yet um, and especially it helps when uh, you you put 15 runs up at the plate yeah um, also notable from this game first ever start for Ryder Helfrick it was his 19th birthday hit a home run uh, threw a guy out at third. Great, great first game for Ryder Helfrick. I, I don't know a better way you could have spent your 19th birthday. And then uh, what else did we see in this one? Uh, all nine hogs, all nine starters got hits, and all but one of them scored, and all but two of them drove in runs. Oh, and this was the Ty Wilmsmeyer game. 
Yes, it yeah. was the Ty Wilmsmeyer game. Robbed right. Fenwick Trimble of a home run. That was huge. Hit one himself. A very, very impressive showing out of the nine hole. Drove in five runs, right? Yes, drove in. He drove in five runs on Saturday, and that that's good enough to lead the team after the first weekend. So, um, pretty not bad for a nine hole hitter. Yeah, not bad for a nine hole hitter, and not bad for a former Missouri Tiger. So, <laughs> I, I can see quickly he's growing on Mason. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, and he's also so fast, dude. Wilms Meyer, so fast. Uh. The the home run robbery that you mentioned was number two on the Sports Center's top ten. So, uh, shout out to Ty Wilms Meyer. Got some national attention from his big day on Saturday. Yeah. And and you mentioned his speed too. He he did well to beat out at least one or two uh, would be double plays on the infield. Yes. Uh. By the way, so that we're recording this live on Monday, and. We got eyes on Central Arkansas and LSU. Shout out the Conway boys battling the Tigers here in the bottom of the eighth. UCA's down four to three. LSU's got two on, one out. I I don't know what the run line was at Arkansas, Mason, but it was like six and a half, seven and a half here. And LSU's only up by one here. So wow. Uh okay. So um, but yes, here we go. Let's let's go with the mound. So Brady Tigert. You know, through five innings, um, one run ball, gave up two hits, walked two, struck out four. He threw 78 pitches, 43 for strikes. Um, he, he hit three batters. Poor Mason Dunaway, the leadoff hitter, got hit in the head twice by Brady Tiger. And and didn't play again the rest of the series. Yeah, that, I guess, did they say anything official on the broadcast about? I, I didn't hear anything. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it, but I mean, like, that was unfortunate for him. It was. But, um, yeah, Tiger, I thought Tiger looked good. Wasn't his best stuff. He said that after the game himself. So, um, but, yeah, five innings of one-run ball, you'll take that from your starter. Yeah, if if not your best stuff adds up to five innings, one run, absolutely, you'll take that. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then you mentioned Coyle and then Cody Frank through the final two and a third. Um, retired all seven batters he faced. So that was pretty impressive from Cody Frank. Cody Frank with a really good weekend, actually. Did he did he give up any hits? No, he did not. No hits. No did walks he, either. Did anybody get on base against him? Um I can't. I you're gonna have to tell me. Yeah, I'm I'm working on it. He went one, two, three Monday and Let's see. When else did he pitch? He Sat pitched on, no Saturday, and he didn't. Nobody got on against him. So, yeah, he went ten up, ten down. Okay. Wow. Shout out to Cody Frank. Quiet ten up, ten down. I just, I just figured that out right now. So, um, yes, big weekend for Cody Frank, and uh, great win on Saturday. Ended a little bit early. Yeah, um, and as you mentioned, good to see uh, uh, Vahiva Aloy get that get that knock to to wrap it up. Um, you know, he sort of turned it on the last couple days of of the series, but I couldn't help but but think if he uh, if he was going to be this year's Caleb Cali, right? The way he got so much preseason hype and then didn't have the best start at the plate, but he seems to be turning it around a little bit quicker than Cali did last year. Yes, yes, that and you know that's exactly what I told some people in the press box was like you know. Aloy can very easily pull a Caleb Cowley on us. <laughs> um, and for a minute there, he did until that hit. Um, and, yeah, he kind of turned it on there towards the end. We actually got to meet with him um, after Monday's game. So that was good. All right. Uh, before we move on to Sunday, I would like to remind you about hogbeat.com, dot com. Visit it today for all of your Arkansas Razorbacks coverage, football, baseball, basketball, football recruiting, basketball recruiting, even baseball recruiting. Uh, we cover NIL. We cover the transfer portal, all of it, insider info. If you subscribe, get on the trough message board, and we have a lot of great stuff on there as well. So uh, check it out today. Would really appreciate it if you would just check it out. We got a lot of great work on there. Even if you don't subscribe, ton of free content that we put a lot of effort into. So would really appreciate it. And uh, also want to remind you about BetSaracen, the mobile sports gambling partner of hogbeat.com. Get your bets in on BetSaracen for Arkansas baseball and any other sport that you would like to bet on. Um, a ton of great options 
And uh, like I said, the double R props for Arkansas baseball, you can't get them anywhere but on Bet Saracen. So download the app today if you're in the state of Arkansas. Really appreciate Bet Saracen and make sure you gamble responsibly. So Sunday's game, Robert. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, disappointing, disappointing to see the loss so early in the season, uh, especially knowing that, like, you know, they had 10 hits and and only pushed three runs across. Um, there, there were definitely, as I said earlier, mistakes made on the base paths. You know, it started pretty quickly. Hudson White let off with a double, one of about four for him on the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he he was very impressive at the plate, but not so much there at second base, getting picked off like that. I mean, the Hogs still came away with two runs in that inning, but, uh, you know, it went beyond that too. Wilmsmeyer got caught stealing in the second. Um, and and then, you know, not just mistakes uh, running the bases, but lots of leadoff men aboard that, that didn't come home. Uh, leadoff double by Diggs in the third, didn't make it past second base. Um, Lovich uh, singled hard hard single um to to right to lead off the fourth he gets thrown out at second trying to stretch it into a double um and then after that that guy joe vogatsky pitching for for jmu he he looked really good went four and a third only gave up one run and uh yeah it's just uh just a case of coulda woulda shoulda at the plate and and on the bases i think for the hogs like i said um didn't really think the pitching was all that bad mason molina looked really good for a long time didn't he yeah yeah, Molina, I mean, he was as good as advertised for the most part. Um, you know, only went three and two-thirds, but struck out nine, which is tied with McIntyre for a team high after the first weekend, gave up two earned. So, you know, very impressed with Mason Molina. I think that, you know, to have that as your Sunday starter, you'll, t- you'll take that uh, for sure. And so I liked Molina. You know, it was just unfortunate what happened after him. You know, there were there were some hits from James Madison that were kind of fluky, you know, like uh, especially against Jake Faherty. Like Jake Faherty just had some bad luck. Well, and and I think the the two the two that Gackle gave up, they were both on the infield right before before Faherty came in. Yeah. So it, it was a tough luck loss for Gackle for sure. And and I asked I asked uh, DVH after the game about Vogatsky like you know what what was he doing and basically he was like well he was their best pitcher so we kind of expected that <laughs> you know so like that if if that's what David Hort says then it's like well let's just chalk it up to the guy was really good right and and I remember hearing this on the broadcast too um, you know this this is one of their you know he was their best closer last year and and he was the the guy that or one of the guys that they were rumoring to to possibly throw two times in a weekend. And so the fact that his first appearance wasn't till Sunday was encouraging. And the fact that it went so long on Sunday was good so that they probably weren't going to bring him back on Monday. You know, if if you're down, take your medicine, lose the one game, bounce back and and pick up a third game Monday. And they did that. Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, I will say. I don't think that he had any outing near as long as what he went because he, he threw 80 pitches and he, I think he was just their closer last year. So it it was like basically every time he kept coming back out, we were like, Holy crap. And so you knew they were going to go all in with him to get that win on Sunday. And they did. And they posted their graphic of the bacon and, and, you know, I, I thought that was like, okay, you know, it, it, whatever, have your fun. If you're JMU, you beat Arkansas, but let's let's be real here. In in Monday, luckily Arkansas won, uh, or else that would have that would have been actually kind of embarrassing. But it, it would have but but yeah, I mean one one loss in, in a four game set, that's nothing really to sweat about if you're the hogs. Also, another thing from uh dang it, LSU won four or three. Shout out UCA, played them tough. For for the second time in three days, it was 2 nothing on Saturday. Yeah, both teams had seven hits. So, um, Also, the other thing that happened on Sunday was J.C. Hoops, who writes for me, w- went on Twitter and was like, I don't, I don't find early season baseball interesting. And people were all over him and saying that, like, you know, it's bad for business. He shouldn't have a job. We should lose subscribers. Like, look, what are we doing here? Twitter and message boards are literally meant for giving your opinion on something 
and he's giving his opinion on sports. Everybody gives their opinion on sports all the time. Like, I get it. I don't agree with him, but he can have his opinion. Right. I, I see where he's coming from, honestly. He's just not baseball. He's not a baseball guy like you and I are baseball guys is is the issue. So yeah. let's 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 not overreact to that, even though it is overreaction Monday. But yeah, I mean, like the amount of people who were trying to tell me how to do my job because of a tweet that Jackson put out was was absolutely just insane. Like if you're really that upset about something that somebody tweeted online, just exit out of the app and close your phone. Everyone needs to inhale. It's going to be okay. People are going and to have also, opinions you don't agree with. And also the whole, like, um, you know, let's also say this, the whole crowd of people who were, like, you know, thinking that, you know, they're all high and mighty because they realize that just losing one game in baseball isn't that big of a deal. Like, we all, we all recognize that. Just because, like, you're not the only person who knows that because Arkansas lost one game, it's not that big of a deal. Everybody knows that. It's it, you. All, all you can do the next day is come out and play better than you did the day before. And Arkansas proved everybody right. So congratulations on being right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's move on to Monday, which is uh, what we just watched. Four nothing shutout. And uh, shout out to anybody who had Colin Fisher as the best start of the weekend. Colin Fisher, man, that dude, that dude had it working. Uh, three hits, no walks, no walks as as your debut as a freshman in the SEC. Nice, nice stuff from there. Well, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas as a as a staff did not have a walk until the ninth inning when Stone Hewlett issued a walk. I yeah. think there was a hit by pitch. I don't remember who who had it. Uh, Fisher. It was Fisher. Fisher hit the the nine hitter in the third inning. Schmidley, who, uh, fun fact, Ike Schmidley, freshman for uh, JMU, brother of Arkansas walk on long snapper Max Schmidley, and they're actually triplets. And the third is, do you know? I don't remember, but I know he's a college athlete somewhere else. Yes. So pretty impressive. Impressive. Um, triplets right there <laughs> and and it was brought up on the broadcast i think they were citing one of uh tom murphy's stories that uh they were all born premature they spent a lot of time in the nicu and they all turned out to be athletes so good for them wow okay congrats to uh congrats to the schmidleys all right anyway it wasn't a great day for ike um and the rest of the dukes on monday no it was not Just just got carved up by those Arkansas pitchers. And you know what? Shout out. I will say shout out to uh, JMU starter Casey Smith, though. He went six innings. Apologies for that. He went six innings. Um, and he only that's more than he threw all of last year. So, hey, it was it was a quality start. It was it was it's a shame that it was overlooked uh, because because his offense couldn't do anything. You know, that uh, that was a very solid effort from from the Duke granny for sure. Yep. Um. So, yeah, the big story was Colin Fisher, extremely impressive. You know, I mentioned it here on the podcast. I I was very impressed with his preseason outings, and, you know, he proved me right, thank goodness. And uh, I think he's going to be valuable, you know, definitely a midweek starter guy who can also give you some innings and long relief, uh, you know, on the weekend, kind of like Ben Bybee did last year. You know, if if you can get a Ben Bybee-type season out of Colin Fisher, um, you'll take that for sure. For sure. Shout it out. Minus whatever happened at Georgia. Was that when Bybee kind of fell apart? Uh yes. This was this was the game that although I think I think Fouch was was responsible for several of the runners that got on base. And then Bybee did give up the game tying grand slam and go ahead home run. But that's you know, what it was. He he got over that pretty quickly. It, it, he did. I, if I recall correctly, he he looked pretty good in his next few outings. Uh yeah, because he went and pitched well at Missouri State. Remember that? Yes. Yes. Which okay. was like two days after. It was. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, no. So it, I will say, though, the Arkansas offense still on Monday, you know, op- not taking advantage of all the opportunities um, that you have. And so that's one thing that Dave Van Horn said after was that basically, you know, we got to be smarter on the base path and we we got to do better with runners on. 
it. Yeah, I mean that if if there's one if there's one problem area to address, that that would be it. The the last three games, you look at their left on base totals, eight, nine, and eight. So you you want to get those down if possible, or at least you know put some more runs across. To you, you the higher the lob number is, the more stomachable stomachable it is with more runs to go with. But obviously, four on Monday and three on Sunday, not not the best uh, offensive output. They left 33 on base across the series, 40 hits, 28 runs scored, 11 doubles, four homers, three stolen bases, three errors. Um, Kendall Diggs leads them with six hits. Uh, I mentioned Wilms Myers, five RBI. That's good enough to lead the team. Hudson White had four doubles. So, Yeah. You know, overall successful weekend, like we mentioned in the beginning. Three and one, you'll take it. You're ranked number two in the country by D1 baseball. And now you look ahead to a matchup with number seven, Oregon State. Yeah, and and like you said, uh, with, with the polls, right? Florida was number two uh, heading into the season. Florida's not number two anymore. The, there were teams who, who fared worse than Arkansas did this week. Uh, like, you know, we mentioned LSU played a couple of close ones against UCA. Uh, Florida lost to St. John's who else Vanderbilt lost a game to Florida Atlantic and had to walk off FAU the night before like it all in all pretty good weekend for for the Hawks did you mention Oklahoma State losing to uh Sam Houston uh, I did not they they lost their first two games in that series didn't they they did and then they crushed them in game right yeah, I was just sticking within the SEC, but but that was definitely, you know, eye-catching considering that the Hogs will renew that rivalry with the Cowboys next week. Yes, that well, that's why I mentioned it. So, um, <clears throat> all right, let's get to our MVPs of the weekend and also a little bit of overreaction before we get to Matt Grissom of NCAA Insiders to go around the country and talk some college baseball. Um, Robert, your MVP on the mound. MVP on the mound. Um, it's kind of hard not to go with McIntyre, don't you think? Um, the the way he uh, came in and reestablished, I guess, the tone. He didn't set it right, um, but yeah, he 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 changed the narrative in that game. Very very impressive with the five and two thirds, as we mentioned. Um, what six strikeouts to one walk, only gave up three hits and a run. Um, very good job to to get the win in in the uh, season opener, and then again coming back uh, for for another couple of innings on on Monday. Very impressive strikes out the side in the seventh. His first inning of work, couple of ground balls, infield single, and then uh, great play by Jason Jones in left. We didn't mention that one uh, in our in our Monday discussion. Um, yeah, Jason Jones, real quick. I want to I want to shout out Jason Jones because. Sure. Very great Monday game from him. I, I should have mentioned that. Uh, hit a couple balls, 105-plus miles an hour. Uh, drove in a run with a 109-mile-an-hour single, I think it was, up the middle. And uh, made two great plays in the outfield as well. So, shout-out Jason Jones. Yep, credit where credit's due for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my case for, for Will McIntyre weekend MVP. All right, uh, we got to hurry it up here because time's running down. Uh, I'm going to go with Colin Fisher as my MVP on the mound. Shout-out to the freshman, first-ever college baseball appearance ever, ever, and he goes five scoreless. So shout-out to Colin Fisher. That was a great way to step up in a game that Arkansas needed to win. And then my MVP at the plate, let's see. I'm going to go with Hudson White. I think you got to go Hudson White. He leads the team in OPS uh, after the first weekend. Four doubles, hit a homer, walked five times, only struck out twice. I'm going to go with Hudson White. I, I am going to offer a correction. He does not lead the team in the, in OPS. That would be Jared Spraglot, and he is going to be my weekend MVP. Um, I He's at the top of the spreadsheet. I get it. That's just because he, bat, he batted leadoff in the first game. Wait, hold on. Wait, this this spreadsheet must be wrong then. I'm sorry. No, no, it's not wrong. White's at 1383, Spray Glass at uh or no, I'm looking at Hef, uh Ryder Heflick, aren't I? Yeah, you're looking at Ryder Helfrick. Yes. Okay. I was like, what the heck? No. Anyway, Jared Spraglot does not lead the team in in uh in OPS. That is my mistake. However, his performance was instrumental in getting that win on Friday 
Yeah, Friday. So uh, Jared Sprague, a lot of it is for me, for sure. All right, let's get to Matt Grissom. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right, we now welcome on Matt Grissom of NCAA Insiders. Happy to have him on for a second season in a row. So first weekend in the books, Matt, the new rankings from D1 Baseball are out. Arkansas at number two, won the series, 3-1. Before we get to going around the country, overall thoughts of Arkansas? I thought we responded very well. That was kind of a, a shell-shocking game yesterday. Uh, Mason Molina looked really great early, and I thought, shoot, we're we're going to win this game. We should win all four. And then he kind of got touched up a little bit, walked some batters, but eventually James Madison, they they got that elusive one victory over, over Arkansas, which, you know, like I said, responding today was big. So I – I don't think we have anything to worry about with this team. Glad we're in agreement there. Yeah, I was nervous yesterday, and then all all ease came this this four zero victory was it? And uh, yeah, I think we'll be just fine. All right. Well, uh, I only tuned into a few games nationally and in the SEC. Um, I feel like Tennessee is a freaking powerhouse. Am I right by saying that? They are. The transfers, Billy Amick and Cannon Peebles, really stepped up big for them. They're, they still have question marks on offense. I mean, I think Blake Burke went one of four last in last night's game. And this this team has always kind of been great at pitching and their bats just kind of lull themselves to sleep throughout the season. But I think at the end of the day, Tennessee is probably going to be an Omaha team. But their offense has the firepower to really click. It just didn't really click as well. And it, it, playing in a big league ballpark may have been part of that. I think Billy Amick is the only one that just really took one, just absolutely smashed the ball. That that was an upper tank shot that you sent to our group chat, right, Mason? Yeah, yeah. What do you? What was it like? One thirteen off the bat or something yeah. like that. Yeah, which he's he's solid. That was a great get for Vitello. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you went you went fifteen for fifteen on your bets. Um. What went wrong? What what I, team what, what team were you like super confident in and they let you down? So let me qualify that by saying I went six and two on Friday. And then I just started betting the board like an absolute degenerate. And I, I admitted on Twitter that last year I played 20 games opening weekend. This time I played 30, and it, I bet way too much. I started playing with totals. I think I went 0-4 in totals. I just – you didn't have a big enough sample size to really go guns blazing like I tried to do. Two of the biggest – storylines for me going in where you see Santa Barbara and Northeastern I really thought those two mid-majors were going to make a lot of noise Northeastern had to go down to Tucson to take on a decent Arizona Wildcats team I don't think they're great by any means but they lost that series and you're kind of scratching your head because the Wyatt Scotty their ace who started Friday night and then Avon Cabral the guy that came into the season sub three ERA he got lit up so that was kind of disappointing. I lost Northeastern two out of the three, and then same for UC Santa Barbara. They took it to Campbell in that game one with Matt Ager pitching, and then Mike Gutierrez got lit up. It, it just it was down for them this this weekend, and unfortunately, I was riding them, so I went down with them. Um. I thought Robert was going to have a question, but he's just sitting there and doing nothing. So, I mean – yeah, I don't know. I was just I was just lamenting the fact that that Vandy cost me some money on Friday. I I picked them to cover I think two and a half, and they wow. they ended up walking off, winning by yeah. one on in in the ninth inning. So that was that was kind of depressing. I think I got the other nine legs right. Yeah, to talk about Vanderbilt for a second, with they lost a lot on offense. That was an offense that, in my opinion, wasn't very good last year, and. I don't think they're good this year. I'm, it surprises me that they stayed, I think, in the same spot in D1 baseball's top 25. I feel like they should have dropped out of the top 10. I don't think this is a top 10 team. 
their pitching staff is not great like Tim Corbin teams typically are. So I, that really surprised me that they were still ahead of Oregon State. I think Oregon State was a very impressive team this weekend that answered a lot of questions with their pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, you 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 look at the teams, like you said, Oregon State right behind them and, and A&M right behind them. Uh, three dominant wins over McNeese State this week. So and I I agree. I, I thought it was interesting that they that they held at six despite a, a near loss Friday and then an actual loss on Saturday. And I'll be I'll be shocked to see A and M do that kind of damage in the SEC, but a thirty to one or thirty one to one run differential in over McNeese State that's pretty damn impressive. Nothing to sneeze at for sure. Uh, uh, TCU, sorry, T, uh, going back, thinking Texas A and M made me think of TCU. That may be the luckiest team to be three and zero, and it it may pay off for them down the stretch to see that they can win these gritty games. But the fact that you had to do it against Florida Gulf Coast, they were losing in all three games and by some miracle came back and won them all. So kudos to them. Do you know if Zach Morris threw it all? Yes, he got lit up. I think really? he got pulled after the second inning. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't have his stat line in front of me. but uh, I've got it right here. Here we go. He, uh, he threw four innings and uh, gave up – Five runs, four earned on five hits, walked three, and struck out three. Yeah. That's tough. I, I hate that for him as a former hog. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you mentioned Oregon State, and um I got burned on Oklahoma State on Friday. I that's all I needed on a, on a parlay too. So those two teams, Arkansas is gonna play them uh this upcoming weekend in Arlington. Did you watch either of them and thoughts on those teams? Yeah, I don't think Oklahoma State's very good this year. They lost a lot. And Sam Houston State's always one of those sneaky teams. I think they've gotten Arkansas a couple times in midweeks. But uh, Oregon State's definitely the toughest that we're going to face this weekend. Michigan, I think they lost a game to Eastern Michigan or Central Michigan, one of the directional schools that they played. I, it's all going to come down to that Oregon State game, which unfortunately is that's Friday night, isn't it? Yep, it's Friday night. Um, well, that's when you want it. Yeah, we Hagen, need Hagen Smith to bounce back in a big way, though. He's he'll be fine. Hagen Hagen's gonna be fine. Um, I do want to ask you. Uh, after the first weekend, ha- has your mind maybe changed on any of your your teams? You were. You like to go to the College World Series, maybe win it all. Maybe do you have a, a team that you're looking at now as a dark horse or something like that? I think Duke did a lot of good things. Jonathan Santucci was a pitcher that was really good last year, and then he got hurt. He came out, him and another pitcher for Duke both had zero ERAs. And say what you will, I think they played uh, Indiana, Coastal, and George Mason. Anybody could beat George Mason. Indiana looked salty. They did jump into the top 25. And Coastal, they I think they won the first game like 90 to nothing. Uh, but they kind of slowed down after, you know, you kind of think back to that NC State game where we may have scored all of our runs too soon. But I don't know. I think I think Duke could make some noise in the ACC. We'll see how good Wake Forest is. They looked absolutely dominant. Chase Burns, huge get. But that ACC may be wide open after Wake Forest. I was about to say Wake Forest. We haven't even talked about them yet. Uh, you know, number one again going into this season. Do we do we have any reason to believe they shouldn't be so again going into twenty twenty four? No, and I think they were even money to make the College World Series. I feel like that was just a free bet right there. They're they're one two three punch really with their pitching rotation. I don't see them dropping a series at all in the ACC and they're going to be able to do whatever. Their one question mark was offense. You lose Brock Wilkin, Adam Ciceri, uh, Ethan Hawk, guys like that that are, you know, batting throughout the lineup. They've still got Nick Kurtz. They got a transfer receiver, Severe King. He looked really good. So we'll see. But Wake Forest, like I said, they, they're probably going to run the ACC. All right. Let's talk about Florida real quick. Yeah, they, that was they, interesting. They were the benefit of a, a rain out to not see how they responded. But Cade Fisher, for a Friday night guy that was replacing Brandon Sproat, looked absolutely terrible. I didn't watch it. Break it down to me. What happened? 
No, I didn't watch it either. I just saw that stat line for Fisher. Uh, I do my show with Quentin Mills. He's a, a, a diehard Florida fan, and he was he was already ripping up his futures tickets. He said, this, is, this isn't an Omaha team. You want to talk about an overreaction? Yeah, we saw a lot of overreactions for Arkansas. I'm looking up Fisher, uh, two innings, five earned on five hits. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Not yeah. good. Um, speaking of futures though, I, I have, I have some homework for you. Okay. We need, we need a future bet by the time conference play starts. Can be Arkansas and a team to win the college world series. And it can't, the the qualifier is it can be Arkansas and it needs to be a team with like good odds, not like a, a wake forest or an LSU or something like that. Maybe, maybe Duke ends up being shot. Yeah. So you don't have to have anything right now. By so that's like what? When does SEC play start on March fifteenth? March fifteenth. Yeah, middle of March. Yeah. So I'm giving you like a, a month to do this project. You just gotta just come up with one team. I think we had I had A and M two years ago. Who'd we pick last year? Was it South Carolina? Well well, we picked but never bet on South Carolina, yes. Yeah. Turned out to work in our favor. Yeah. So there's two trends you've got to ask yourself. I think every eight years a mid-major wins it, and this would be the eighth year, but also you've got the 64, 94, 24. It's Arkansas's year. Ben Upton with 11.7 even put out that, like, the geological or geographical codes of uh, coordinates, it lines up to where Arkansas should win it this year. He, he did that. follows suit. He did that, and he also did the the Sydney Sweeney Hagen Smith thing. Did you see that? Oh, one? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> the script. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was funny. All right, uh, Matt, we really appreciate your time. Looking forward to having you on throughout the rest of the season, and uh, and we're looking forward to whoever you have for that future bet. Obviously, a lot is going to change between now and then, so we'll we'll see what it looks like by the time that that comes around. But uh, we'll definitely talk to you after next weekend. Because uh, there's going to be a ton to talk about after, after definitely after Friday and Saturday. So. Absolutely. Are you guys going down? Yes. Are you, are you making the trip? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll, um, we'll see you there then. All right. Go Hogs. All right, Matt. Thanks, man. Thank y'all. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Big thanks to Matt Grissom of NCAA Insiders for uh, chatting with us for a little bit. It's always a good change of pace just to, you know, get a little bit of national stuff going on. Talk some ball, you know, just with the boys for a little bit. Uh, But now let's do some overreactions, Robert, because there are some, as there always are, every weekend. You could overreact to every game. But give uh, give me your first overreaction of the weekend. My first overreaction of the weekend. Um. I guess, I don't know, the left on base totals, like I'm not going to overreact about Hagen Smith. I'm not going to overreact about losing one game. Um, if if there's, like I said earlier, if there's going to be any source of panic uh, for me on this team, it's just the fact that they left so many guys on base. And and on top of that, the base running mistakes, right? The, the runners that they got on that they did not find a way to get home. Um, I don't view it as a problem, but if I got to pick an overreaction, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. But I think there's also plenty of time for them to write that ship, you know? All right. Uh, I'll give you an overreaction. Um, kind of concerning that you haven't figured out left field yet. I think sure. Jason Jones on Monday, definitely, you know, positive performance, hit the ball really well, two great plays in the field, but he started three different left fielders. So, Right. Edmondson. Edmondson was one of them. Lovich. Lovich was one of them, and and Jones got Friday and Monday. Yeah, so overreaction. That's an overreaction for sure. Like, it's nothing to be concerned about, but, you know, keep an eye on it. Yeah, um, I I mean, Jones looks to be the same Jones as last year, kind of, so far. Maybe fewer strikeouts, but, you know, hitting the ball hard. A lot lot of promise with that bat, just not necessarily seeing results yet. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, basically. I mean, I thought we, we that... got we got like two games worth of material on him. So, 
Unfortunately, in in the opener, he did get pulled late for Edmonton, so that was that was unfortunate to see. But like I said, Monday, very uh, promising performance. Um, yeah, the over the other overreaction, obviously Hagen Smith. What else? Um, the loss. The loss. You know, I'm trying to think if there's really anything else. Um, I, you know, there were a couple of pitchers I talked about that I wasn't really concerned by their stat lines. You could go off um, Parker Coyle and Gabe Gackle. I, I wouldn't overreact to those, but I'm sure you could if you tried, if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, you could do that. Um, but other than that, you know, successful first weekend overall, there's not a whole lot to overreact to. You went three and one. So now you look ahead to Oregon State, big matchup. Number two versus number seven. First meeting since the infamous incident of 2018. Yep. Uh, so stay tuned for Friday's episode when I do my rant on how awful it is that this game's going to be on Flow Sports. Who knows? Maybe maybe by the time we record, I'll I'll have forgiven Flow Sports and I'll feel okay about it. But right now, I don't feel good about it. Man, I really hope that fire stays lit, and, and I hope I hope that that Hutch joins us to to vent his frustration as well. Is is he going? By the way, no. I look, you know how he is. <laughs> I know how he is. He's he told me he told me when I left the press box on Monday that uh he'll let me know if he can go. So that's kind. Of, I mean, that's the ultimate Hutch of like holding out hope till the end, knowing that knowing the entire time that he's not going to go. Well, you know, it'll be to his detriment if he doesn't because he'll have to watch it on flow. Yes, um, but I love Andrew Hutchinson, and he's, you know, as good as anybody in the business. So whether he's watching from home or at the game, he's going to write a better story than I will. So, um, but you know, yeah. Ball guy, Hutch. Yeah, we'll have to get him on Friday's episode. So uh, really appreciate everybody for tuning in to the Diamond Hawks podcast. Uh, very much looking forward to doing it for doing it for the rest of the year. You know, uh, a lot of baseball left to be played, and uh, really, really, really looking forward to this this upcoming weekend in Arlington. So uh, stay tuned. Tell your friends. Visit hogbeat.com. H a w g b e a t dot com. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. And uh, we'll talk to you on Friday on the Diamond Hogs podcast. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.